It's the Life After High School Podcast. And that. All right. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you. No problem. So you do, I give my preparation for this and figuring out more about you, right, as a, just a bit more in the average surface level stuff. You do a lot of things. <laughs> like, you're doing things all the time. It's, it's crazy uh, to see. Yeah, I guess I do do a lot of yeah. things. Oh, it's incredible. I'm like, man, like, it, there's like this infectious energy you have when talking to you that I, I like, gravitate towards. I'm like, oh, like, she's doing so many things. This is so cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So, take us through kind of what your transition was like, kind of leaving high school and beginning of post-secondary era of your life to kind of where we are now after just turning 40. Just turning, oh, that's a, If you're that's okay a, with sharing that. Yeah, that's a lot. That's 21 years in a nutshell. Um, yeah, when I left high school, I was in the time where we still had grade 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so OAC. So I was 18 and I needed to, I wanted to get out of town. Yeah. So I applied to Ottawa and I got in, went to Algonquin College and yeah, I was 18 years mm-hmm. old. Couldn't participate in any like frosh or anything like that. So didn't really make a whole lot of friends that first year and kind of just, you know, did the best that I could. The second year was a bit better. First year I took business admins. Second year I jumped into public relations, which was a bit more of a tight knit group. Uh, so I was able to make friends, and, and I was 19, so I was able to participate in things at that nice. point. Yeah. That's a fun part. Yeah. The one, the one bonus of going to Ottawa is we had Quebec right there. That's what I thought, so, too. Yeah. But it was kind of like the bars were just seedy. They're bad. Like, yeah. yeah. Like older men trying to pick up younger women. It's bad. It's, yeah. It was, they feel awkward. It was, I did it a couple yeah. times, but then I was like, you know, I'm just going to wait. Yeah, you did enough <laughs> to experience it, and there's no sense searching for yeah exactly so yeah that was a big transition for me because high school i was super involved in everything i played sports i was on like athletic council students council i was just like involved and then all of a sudden i moved away and didn't really have any friends and kind of like you know struggled a little bit to make friends right at the beginning because i hadn't exercised that muscle in a while right so but then everything kind of like you know came together mm-hmm. uh, the next few years um and i found myself in an office job after school and i was just like climbing the walls i was so bored i was working in a cubicle at an yeah. insurance company just like bored out of my mind and so uh, I decided to shake up my life. I saved up for a year, and then I went backpacking through Australia. Um, yeah, sold all my stuff, broke up with my boyfriend, uh, got had a backpack and then a tote that I moved to my yeah. mom's house uh, and just took off. You just left it all there. I had to. I was, oh, that's I was crazy. so bored, and I was I like, bet. this isn't me. This isn't me. Yeah. And I remember being in that cubicle, watching those people, come in and out of their job. I'm like, they've been doing this every day, minus whatever vacation time for 25, 30 years, some of them. I was like, this isn't me. And at the time I was like, I just need to put some experiences like under my belt and then I'd be able to sit here 
in a cubicle. Then I would be yeah. content. You know, that afraid, whole, like, yeah. Don't miss convince out. yourself or whatever. Like, that. that's when I could be... That's, then I could be yeah. bored. But that shook up my life big time. So I traveled Australia Jeez. for a year on a working holiday visa. Yeah. Worked seven out of the 12 months. And just like? had an amazing time. Oh, yeah, my God. Wow. It was so... It was so fun. It's like Australia is amazing. It's like a, such a safe place to go. Easy. English speaking, yeah. set up for backpackers. It was just That's really wild. easy. Yeah, That's super cool. Open my mind. Well, you yeah, you travel yeah, yeah. lots. Open yeah, my mind. never been to Australia though. No, no. Oh, my best it. friend like uh, currently. Uh, He's currently doing exactly what you're saying you did. Oh, cool. He's doing that right now. And so, like, every couple of days he'll tell me. He's like, man, he's like 29 degrees over there. I'm like, dude, it's November. It's, like, come on. It's That's so wild. hot. What was really, I really wished, or sorry, missed fresh water because it was like the air was so hot. Yeah. And then you go in the ocean thinking it's going to be relief, but it was like bath water. It was so bizarre oh going in. It was still warm. It was like there was little Ooh. relief. And in backpacker hostels and stuff, yeah. there's no air conditioning. Of so, not. no. But oh whatever, bikinis and short yeah. shorts and like Tan. sweat and tanning and yeah, it was fun. Coast, it was a, yeah. A fun year. Um, wow. It really opened That's my mind yeah, that life was bigger than like you know, Sudbury, six six Ontario. Cubicle. Yeah, cubicle. Like yeah. life was bigger. Opened me up to perspectives. Listen to a lot of people's stories yeah. and how they lived and was how they chose to live. Was there one that, like, stuck out to you that you remember? And it was well, a while ago. It was a while ago. But... You know, just different cultures. Like, we met yeah. these guys from Sweden, and oh, they actually got paid to go to school. So what they did was saved up all their money from high school that they got paid to go to school. Yeah. And then they went backpacking. And they didn't have to save it up for university because their university was also not a cost to them either what? so i was just like wow like what a financial burden we're put under at wow. such a young age i wish and it was really like i remember when i went to school and got osap yeah. um you know and it's just i didn't know what i was gonna do and it's like it's such an expensive like crapshoot you know it's yeah. like take so i i, I mean I, I try not to look back and i wish or anything like that Absolutely. because puts me here where I am right now but right. it's like that gap year if you don't know what you're going to do that gap year because how at 17 18 do you decide what you're gonna do for your career yeah, for the rest of your life the concept always seems silly to me which is why I enjoy doing the show as yeah much as I do yeah, yeah to, to find out that I didn't this is a really great show to have because it never Thank occurred you. to me that there were other options to do yeah. after high school. It was like, oh, everybody was going to school. I guess I'll just That's walk right. that yeah. line, you know? So yeah. I think, though, like, seeing other people's choices um, really opened my eyes that kind mm -hmm. of the sky's the limit. Absolutely. So then I landed back here in Sudbury. This is where my parents were. And I didn't want to go back and work for an insurance company. Yeah. And I was like, what what am I passionate about? What am I interested in? And nice. the things that I would research and, and look up and, 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 you know, want to learn more about was always fitness and wellness yeah. and diet and exercise partially because, you know, 
you know, as women, and I'm sure men have the same thing, we're always trying to lose weight and look our perfect selves and that sort of thing. 100%, but, yeah. But then I was like, well, no, I am actually interested in this. You know, I was an athlete in high yeah. school, and, you know, so then I was started to look at different ways that I could get into the fitness industry. Uh, I got a job serving. I met a guy who was, he was a bartender at the restaurant I was working at, and he was just starting up a jujitsu school in yeah. town. It was the first jujitsu school in town, and he had come from Ottawa with his jujitsu experience, and he was a martial artist from when he was like 12 years old. And we started dating, and I was like, I'm going to help you, you know, with your business. And, you know, no martial arts experience. So at first I started helping him with marketing, and, you know, I had a bit of graphic design skills. And then, uh, you know, he at that time... The only gut people on the mat were men, big, like muscular, you know, minor type men. Smallest guy was Steve, and then the next smallest guy was like 180, and then everybody else was over 200 pounds. So he was always like, Well, why don't you train? Why don't you train? Yeah, like, oh my god, this That's sweaty, yeah. you know, crazy savage room <laughs> that I would sit like at the front desk, just Least like collecting place. money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then for Christmas that year, he bought me yeah. a bright pink gi. It was oh, like Kira Gracie's gi. Yeah. That's and sick. So, but then there I was, the only woman in a bright pink yeah. gi. Instructor's girlfriend yeah. started training. That's owning it, though. Yeah, I just <laughs> and I just dove in head first and yeah. started training, started competing, um, and I was super inspired with like Steve wanting to own his own business, and I wanted to help him, but I wanted something of my own. Nice. So at the same time, I opened a clothing store. That yep. was my first business. It was called One Love Vintage Clothing. Vintage clothing yeah. Uh, yeah, and we were just walking down the street one day on Durham Street, and we were walking by this closed store that used to be, um, a vintage clothing store when I was in high school. It was called Killed the Flow. Oh, cool. And Steve was like, yeah, when Neil sold that, he offered it to me, and he was like, he offered me, to me for like five grand, or whatever, and he's like, but I didn't do it. I was like, if I was with you at the time, I would have totally done it. Take my money, yeah. Yeah, I had five grand in the bank, and I was just like, I would totally do that. And then I saw the for rent sign, and I just called. And then he said it was $600 a month. And then from there, it was just like starting my first business. Sometimes I look back, and I'm like, where did I get like, like the balls, the courage. Yeah, the, where did you get the c- courage? I don't to know. Do that? I just, I guess, like you know, that's wild. That when you're just like younger and more naive, I guess you just kind of yeah. don't let all of those doubts kind of fade yeah. or or stop you. Right. So I called. The rent was six hundred bucks a month. I'm like, I think I can handle that. Downtown too. Downtown. It was an old building. Nice. Yeah. It was like. A, but it had some history, so I was yeah. like, okay, let's do this, and then just one step after another. So the idea was, while we traveled for jujitsu, yeah. I would shop and get kind of interesting cool. finds and treasure hunt and that yeah. sort of thing. So uh, we went to a tournament in New York, so right before I oh, opened the store, yeah. I went in, like, in Manhattan, I went all off on my own and like just treasure hunted to all these different like shops and sales and oh it was sounds like a blast yeah it was and so i did that um i also invested in uh, it's called it's a company called bang on i'm not Mm -hmm. sure so they used to have um 
like um, stores in like the market in Ottawa, downtown Toronto. Yep. Okay. And it was like you could go in and you could look through catalogs yeah. and pick images to press onto t-shirts. Huh. So you okay. could like make your own custom t-shirts. Cool. And so I had that in the store yeah. and we would print on American Apparel shirts. So this was like the saving grace of my store was wow. that, but plus at the exact same time was when American Apparel hoodies, you know, the zip up hoodies with the white string yep. just like blew up and oh, okay. everybody wanted those hoodies. And I was the only one in town that had them. Otherwise you had to go to Toronto or order online. Okay. So like Sudsec and like all the different high schools here in Sudbury, they would come oh, and buy those hoodies. Yeah. So it was basically like a hoodie store That's that kind of kept me, yeah. you know, paying the bills for a while before everything else built up. So I did that. And then I also made Steve's like training gear yeah. for the club. And so then we decided to get our own location, which was the first location in the Montrose Mall. And yeah. I sold the store to a high school friend. And we went into the jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai school full on. Nice. Um, I remember our instructor, right before we did that move, our instructor was like, if you guys want to do this for real, um, come to the martial arts super show with me in Vegas. And it, it's like a business um, seminar for martial arts school owners yeah. and he's like come to the super show you know learn a bunch like how to run the business yeah. and then take off from there and I went home I'm a doer I went home that night I booked the flights <laughs> yeah. I booked our tickets at the show and then we just kind of rolled into having our own gym um, you know starting that gym it's 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 a really fun story um <laughs> <laughs> was cool Steve this yeah. is I'll credit Steve this is like the best one of the best ideas I thought that he had so right when we got the space there was a bunch of renovations to yeah. do but about three months before was when the big Inco like our valet strike happened uh, so I think it was like the longest strike and um, uh, you know Sudbury was going into a recession because of it and there was a bunch of guys out of work bored probably falling into unhealthy habits, yeah. you know, where they're usually productive and that sort of thing. So Steve went to the picket lines and told the guys, come train for free for three months or, or until the strike's over, yeah. you know, for as long as you want, just so you guys have some kind of healthy outlet. Yeah, somewhere to go, something yeah. to do. Yeah. So a lot of the guys took us up on that offer. That's awesome. Wow. Three months later, we yeah. got this space. We needed a bunch of renos done. We had a bunch of handy, super grateful dudes yeah. there. So those guys helped us build the space. So it was so yeah. cool. That's it was like really smart idea. such yeah. a team effort. And we didn't, he, he did it because he wanted to offer that. And he thought it right. was like good marketing, not knowing that it would like pay off yeah. after in, in the renos. Yeah, so, wicked handy dudes. Just oh yeah, it cost us like half the price to reno. Wow. And so, because we did everything on our own, this yeah. is like, this is not the way to do it, <laughs> but we didn't get any loans. We put sh stuff on credit card. Like we just yeah. like made it happen. Um, <laughs> we, we paid it all off and it was fine nice. in the end. It's yeah. not the best way to do it, but you it worked. know, it worked. Yeah. And so, yeah, we built the gym and then we just went full force and, and, and started, uh, you know, running our kids programs. And I, 
wanted to contribute a bit more than just did min work. So I got trained in kettlebell training. Mm-hmm. Um, kettlebell is a really great tool for Absolutely, mixed martial yeah, arts. For so sure. first sure. time I touched a kettlebell was in my instructor certification program. Oh, wow. And yeah, I just kind of ran with that. Did the strength and conditioning for the athletes. Also did taught yoga there and um, competed myself. And then, uh, then I had the opportunity for Zen to come up. Um, the owner, so Zen was uh, a yoga studio in mm. town. And the owner, Eddie, was actually picking up and moving to New Zealand. And oh, wow. she liked how Steve and I ran the business. Um, and she wanted us to take over hers. And I went home and thought about it and I was like, is, this is for me. Yeah, you know? like this is the me project. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because as much as I loved martial arts and as much as like I dove in head first and, and made it I- into my life, it was Steve's like baby, right? It yeah. was like his passion project that I just like, you You're know. co-piloting. Yeah, and yeah. I can gain enthusiasm on a number of things. So I just ran with it. But then I was like, ah, this is more like me. Yeah. And then, That's, That's yeah, cool. it was yeah. it was cool timing. Um, it's really challenging to own and run a business with a spouse, <laughs> uh, especially when we have completely imagine, yeah. different work ethics. So I was like, okay, this is for me. And then we decided to kind of split yeah. our lives too. So we split up. Uh, I took the yoga studio and he kept running the nice. jujitsu gym. So it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I went from, you know, empowering women with, self-defense and, 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 you know, being strong and all that sort of stuff to this new role of, at Zen with yoga, but there was a small pole dancing program there and it was the only pole dancing studio in town. So I was like right back to where I was with jujitsu and I was like, okay, you know what? Let's focus on pole dancing. So I I put more poles in the studio and we just kind of ran with pole dancing. It was such a flip. Because empowering women with self-defense to empowering women with pole dancing. And yeah. Like their sexuality, there sensuality. Sure. There's a different stigma but to it. It was, sure. but it was it was kind of cool. It was like, the sh- again, another shake-up that I wanted, was craving, and yeah. it kind of just fell into my path. That's cool. Um, yeah, so did that, and uh, so I had Zen. I taught my kettlebell there, hot yoga, had pole dancing mm. there. And then all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> the five, Sudri five, yeah. started uh, up, and Cliff just recommended yeah. like me and my studio Shout running the Cliff. cheer yeah. squad. Yeah, Cliff Skeletor, owner of uh, Launchpad, Launchpad Creative, did me a solid, slid my name in there, and uh, I got to run the cheerleading squad. Yeah. I don't even like the term like "fake it till you make it," but. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. And it wasn't, I didn't have to fake anything because I know how to run a team. And I think the most important thing is when you don't have the skill set yourself, you find amazing people that do. Do, So I found some really great choreographers. We went out and searched and uh, auditioned dancers. And then then I was running a cheerleading squad for a professional basketball team. So that was super fun. Um, yeah, and so that's what I had been been doing for the past four years. And then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. COVID has shaken up everything, and um, it took some processing and decision-making and all that sort of thing. Yeah. 
But I uh, decided to close my studio, which I just think was the smartest thing. Yeah. It's kind of just like pull back expenses, ride out this wave, mm-hmm. and then see what's the next thing that comes on my path. Right. Uh, I think when you just walk with integrity and, you know, trust, then like my story looking back on it it's just like things just kind of appear opportunities Mm -hmm. kind of appear so that's how I'm taking this next step too so just kind of like close down my studio Uh, I teach at Bell Park it's over now because of the weather Mm -hmm. I have a home studio that I do privates and now I teach virtually so I teach um, classes online so it's kind of fun because I'm a little bit of a homebody and so I don't have to leave as much and I think I'm really going to appreciate that in the Mm -hmm. winter and so that's where I am now. That was 21 years in a nutshell. Wow. <laughs> oh, and I have a kid in there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that one in. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, that's probably like the best nutshell I've had somebody give. And like, the, like you wrapped it up and like kept it. So that was pretty yeah. impressive. But, uh, what's a challenge you find? I know you said you're a homebody when it comes to like you have a studio, everything. You don't have to go too far for it. But what's a challenge you find with COVID and like that, sorry, that COVID's brought to you so far? What's the biggest <laughs> obstacle? Um, well, gathering. We can't gather yeah. anymore. And my whole business was gathering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like to create experiences. So not just class, not just fitness, not just a workout, but create a whole experience. Because mm-hmm. when I used to go to yoga classes, like... I had this one instructor, Jen Wilson. She's actually in Sudbury. Oh, cool. She just, like, could take me there, you know? She just, like, (laughs) gave me an experience. And when I left, I felt stronger. I felt, like, empowered. I just, like, something happened in the room, and I left with that sensation. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, like, you know... in some of my verbiage for my business, it was like, we're not just instructors, we're experienced creators. I like that, yeah. And it's more of a challenge to create an experience for people when I'm not in there controlling Mm. everything, controlling the lights, controlling the sounds, controlling the the level of the music, you know, connecting with people. There's an energy that's not yeah, It's not present, Yeah, unfortunately. So the challenges are like... So I encourage my students to just like try to have certain rituals so they can create, create that space, create that lighting with smell, like essential oils, you know, that sort of thing. And then, you know, I can still broadcast music through Zoom. And so we do our best. Um, But and it's the mindset, too. We work on the strong mind. And and that's the biggest thing. Like, I train bodies for sure, but I think more passionately, I trained mindsets. Mm-hmm. Like, that mental discipline, mental endurance. Absolutely. And I mean, that comes from yeah. martial arts. Yeah, the endurance part is definitely something I think is overlooked a lot when it comes yeah. to most things. Like, you need to have that ability to not just have, like, a focused learning for, like, an hour, but after a long day, still be able to have that focused learning and, like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. So. Well, because so many people... Uh, there's many objections to yoga or training in general, but it's like, I can't quiet my mind. And they say it like it's just a fact, right? right. It's just like, I just have a busy mind. Like, yeah. that's my identity. And that's not true. No. We can we can do anything we want yeah. to. It's um, not fixed that way. No, and it's managing expectations. Yeah. Like, people that's think you're... 
people think people that do yoga are present and active and meditating for one hour straight. That's yeah, not true. No. That's not true at all. If you can hold a present focus for three seconds, two seconds, five seconds, it's like all of those little things yeah. are wins. And the practice is the refocus. So that's that's anything. Once our distractions come, yeah. we notice we're distracted, we refocus back into the moment, which you can, like, that would translate into everything we do in yeah. life. So in yoga, that's what we work, is that refocus, that refocus, that refocus. Huh. So that we're no longer prisoners to a busy mind. Yeah. Right? And it's like, oh, my mind is busy. It's like, well, yeah, because you don't train it, right? It's like people come, I'm not flexible, so I can't do jujitsu. I'm not flexible. I can't do yeah. yoga. It's like, well, stop acting like flexibility and mindfulness yeah. or natural attributes. It's like right. they take time. They take discipline. Yeah. And so, yeah. So creating those experiences is a challenge. Uh, yeah. And I think... Yeah, connecting with people is is a challenge. Yeah, and keeping your spirits high. Yeah, right? no kidding. <laughs> Without no kidding. this, is, I I think for my like I look at my own journey. I think uh, COVID, and I know I'm not the center of the universe, but I am the center of my own. Sure. I think COVID right, yeah. has been well like a big practice in understanding we don't have control we don't know like we can see our five-year plan but anything can happen yeah no one planned for this no and it's having that mental flexibility and so people feeling so out of control i think sometimes we let that you know keep us down or or make us anxious or whatever but it's like if we understand we never really have control Mm -hmm. and i think that's what covid's showing us especially right control is an illusion or delusion so it's like i think it's that is yeah. like living in the moment because this is what we have and this is what we know and if we start to spin into the what ifs we're going to go into a very dark place yeah so instead what yeah. do we have here okay. we have everything we're comfortable we got these yeah. nice, chairs. nice chairs got good conversation yeah. what do we have now stop rushing to the next moment or living in the past moment it's like what's going on right here so i go through those moments like all the time (laughs) my studio's closed what am what am i gonna do with the rest of my life oh my god that was my plan oh like i could freak out daily absolutely my mind absolutely yeah but um but then like again cliff has been like such a good mindset coach for me as well he's a good dude well it's good good, it's good to have like mentors like that because you know, coaches need coaches and he like, he helped talk me down and and stay in the moment. And also reminded me like COVID didn't take any of my skill sets. COVID didn't take any of my relationship building skills, you know? And you know, I've been marketing myself for a very long time. It's like we could take those skills and I could put them in different avenues and that sort of thing and kind of diversify what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I don't have to just own a studio. So just been keeping my mind open for next steps and opportunities open and for now doing what I love like training people Mm -hmm. um yeah I do a lot of kettlebell training uh yoga training but also Muay Thai we do Muay Thai in my house too I love teaching beginners Muay Thai it's so fun and then uh I do a bit of jujitsu like women's self-defense as Mm -hmm. well when people come to me so that's fun too
So, yeah. So, Jen, what I'm curious about is what strategies, because you touched on women empowerment, and that's that's not a subject that's, that's not something that I think of my, I resonate with myself, whereas that's not, like, that's just not my avenue of a professional. What strategies do you use or that people can use in their everyday life to empower women or even people in general? To, well, I think like what men can do essentially or like yeah just be respectful (laughs) be nice yeah you know seems simple yeah well the more that these kind of topics come up you know i watched this movie called miss representation you seen Mm. it it's like miss m-i-s i've heard of it though yeah i should see it and as a woman i watched that and i was shocked and it's like women keep women down you know and 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 pop culture keep women down and it's just so crazy how we turn such a blind eye to so many derogatory comments and and you know silliness and i'm just joking and, and those types of things and i realize and now when i watch like older shows so i was rewatching friends yeah and those three guys in Friends, if the woman was not attractive or they weren't interested in sleeping with her, they had no value. And if you watch that with Whoa. that eye, they don't care. They roll their eyes. They don't even pay attention. And I was watching it, and I'm just like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Even saying that, I'm like, ooh. It's yeah, true. Fair. And then you oh, get... Oh, man. You get... Yeah. You get that a lot with like Oof. women and men dynamic. It's like yeah. if I don't want to pursue you, mm-hmm. then you have very little value to me. Where I might, where huh. men might value another a man differently, you know. So it's like, even even just knowing that, it's like, you know, women have more value yeah. than you know just hooking up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They absolutely do. So wow. I think just even just little, like, That's watching crazy. shows like yeah. that and being aware and understanding that these shows, these movies are a bit of, are part of our cultural conditioning. Yeah. And they make jokes and they make side-handed jokes, like, run like a girl, throw like a girl. Yeah, oh, like, always... you know, girls are always dramatic. All they want to do is shop. And, you know, they're... Yeah. I learned. That's brutal. Yeah. I used to think women were dramatic because that's what we're told. Women are dramatic yeah. and they're catty and and you know that's how women are and men are not. Yeah. They're mature and they're uh, you know. Yeah, I definitely have some friends who are the opposite of well, not dramatic. Right? That's it's for like sure. well, because we're humans, we're not. Yeah, just, it's not. Gender is men just and women, one it's aspect. People, yeah. I think the best humans have a a really great balance of masculine and feminine. Yeah. It's like when you can balance those two energies, those are my yeah. favorite people. That's wild, yeah. But working, working when I was talking about um, doing all the renovations with um, our jiu-jitsu school, yeah. so that was the first time that I worked with a group full of men. I was the only woman there. And, oh my God, there was silent treatments and people talking behind each other's backs and power struggles and drama like drama and i it was really eye opening for me i'm just like women are not dramatic people, uh, are, dramatic. people are dramatic you know yeah. egos are dramatic yeah. it's not just a it's not like men are sitting here cool as cucumbers all the time and all like us time. women are like eh, just being crazy yeah, no. 
That's oh. another one is like, oh, she was crazy. And women can be crazy. Men can be crazy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But also like when a, I, now I question when some when a guy was like, yeah, she was crazy. I'm like, hmm. So what was your contribution into yeah. like a lot, like making that behavior happen, yeah. right? So it's like just kind of breaking down stories and and shows and ideas and and understanding that gender is just one aspect yeah. of us our complex, you know, beings. Yeah. And so how to empower women? Listen to them. Yeah. You know, understand no is a no understand that yeah, they have value yeah that one. they have value and uh it's interesting because trying to promote women's self-defense a lot of times i get pushback and it's mm-hmm. like why don't we teach men not to rape right it's like we want to teach yeah. women to be rape proof but why don't we teach men the other side right and i believe in both because yeah. i w- i'm not trusting anybody with my daughter's safety you yeah, know no. but also I find it, there's this new thing where women, like I've seen a few moms be like, don't worry, I'm going to teach, or my son is going to be somebody that your daughter can be trusted with, you know, like, like actively putting those messages out there. And I'm just like, oh, I I love it. Like that people are actually thinking about that and raising boys that, you know, that we can trust our daughters with mm-hmm. rather than raising them with those messages that, you know, women have one value. Right. I remember some people on my jujitsu team, this was a battle in the jujitsu community because there was a lot of, you know, macho, you know, male mm-hmm. attitude. And oh, one yeah. of an instructor that I worked with, he was out of town, but I remember him telling one of my staff members and one of our, are like one of Steve's students, um, women are good for two things. Oh no. Yeah. In the bedroom and in the kitchen. Stop. And I remember I went to them, I went to his instructor the next day and I was like, you know, you're making my job really difficult by telling my staff that I am for two things only. And then I'm going to tell them what, (laughs) like they're, they're supposed to listen to me. me anxious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, (laughs) Come on. And oh, so they, they actually talked yeah. to the guy and, and did something about it. So that was really cool. Nice. And that's it. It's like women having that voice as well. Yeah. And uh, speaking up for ourselves, asking okay. for what we want. Um, but I think our biggest tool in empowerment, and I think what jujitsu has given me, is the confidence and the posture and the able to like stand up tall and speak you know speak what i want to speak and that sort of thing mm-hmm. that's really helped me along the way and i credit jujitsu for that yeah fair. oh my god just training i mean the travel that i did and and you know the accomplishments that i had in my life before that definitely helped but yeah. oh god just the confidence of it's it, it's a you physical know, thing for sure it's yeah. like when you start training you go like this where you're it's just like yeah. on top of the world yeah, maybe even borderline cocky i'm sure borderline yeah trying to pull everybody with yeah. you be like you gotta try this yeah. and then you get humbled especially if you compete i got humbled on the mat Quickly. quite a few times a you get humbled and then you're just at this like really relaxed confident you know you let your presence lead i had mm-hmm. i had a i had this woman she used to like kind of called her like my spiritual guide she used to do um <laughs> reflexology on my feet but also oh, like cool. talk me through yeah. a lot of 
she was almost like a counselor for me, but she said, because at that point I was leading with yeah. this, I would just talk and talk and just listen to my words. And she said, lead with your presence. Don't lead with what you're oh, saying so much. Yeah. And that was probably one of the best pieces of advice that I got. Wow, and I started yeah. to lead with my presence. And I actually saw that. So when I was at the jujitsu school, um, you know, I have, I have leadership qualities. And, you know, it, it wasn't always welcomed because it was a male-dominated environment. Right, you know, yeah. like there would be egos in the way. And so it was like an uphill struggle battle. Plus, I always self-reflect. I might yeah. have been still in that heightened, totally acting from my ego, just yeah. not really received and hadn't had that really good piece of information yet. Okay. When I went to Zen, I was calmer. I led with my presence. I was nice. more comfortable. Yeah. And the culture that naturally unfolded and developed in that place yeah. without being forced, it was like, it was so respectful. Everybody nice. was so inclusive. Yeah. And I really like embodied that lead with That's my amazing. presence and wow. I saw it kind of unfold and how it could work and how I could gain respect without barking at people you know and how I could gain respect just because just because of the energy that I brought into the place took that same energy into the cheer squad and mm. you know those girls just like you know wanted to follow they wanted yeah. to be a part of something I, I led them believe that we were yeah. like a part of something big and yeah. they just wanted to and it was like it was that piece of advice to lead with my presence and not with <laughs> with my words and yeah. i was like that that's really served me right. wow that's pretty cool yeah now jen you strike me as a very passion driven person right now what advice would you have for people who are maybe having a tough time discovering their passion or what they're passionate about Try. Try. Try things. Yeah, Try things. for sure. I mean, like, I think for a long time, I was super shy, especially when I moved to Ottawa. I just didn't know anyone. I was super shy. I wanted to try yoga so bad. I wanted to try yoga so bad. And I was too nervous to go into a yoga studio. Like, early 20s, I just thought, you know, I didn't have the yoga body. I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't mm -hmm. want to look stupid. Yeah. Um, sure. so it took me longer in life to like connect with a passion that mm. I had all because I didn't have the courage to just go and try. Yeah. And I've tried a bunch of things and I failed at things and looked stupid at things. But, um, I think just going out and trying a bunch of things really, really helps. Also getting around people who have some passion. Yeah. I mean, it's infectious. It is very infectious. Yeah. And you know, a really great piece of advice was like getting a coach, like finding a coach and finding somebody. This is my first business instructor, uh, you know, before he became my instructor, but he was, uh, like go find somebody who's doing what you want to be doing and ask them questions and, and, and get them to mentor you, see how they did it, see their steps along the way. So finding that kind of coach, that influential person, like really, really helped. So yeah, I guess those would be my advice. Because yeah. for so yeah. many years, that was why I was climbing the walls at that insurance company. Because right. I felt passion inside me, but yeah. I had no outlet. No idea where to... Yeah, no outlet. I wasn't artistic. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't musical. It's like, that's what we think of when we think of passion. Yeah. And, 
you know, where can I put all of this energy? It was like building yeah. up inside of me and I didn't know what to do. And so I shook up my life and trusted in the path and it all kind of came out. But like, yeah, yeah it was like being open to different experiences and seeing different ideas and talking to people, hearing people's stories. Yeah. That's my favorite is hearing people's stories. Yeah. Ignites passion. Especially when people are, I find there's a different, there's a different appreciation that comes with hearing somebody's story when you're out of your element or out of your city or something like that. Whereas whenever I'm anywhere in the world, that's not Sudbury, Ontario. I've other than the show, it's a different, like that's a whole different thing, but it's the appreciation I have for people's stories when I'm traveling, it's just, my mind is so open to it. And then I find when I come back here, my mind is still, like, oh, I'm like searching for more of it, but then it seems to be limited. Mm-hmm. So it's, I love stories. Like that's the whole, that's half the drive of this, right? Yeah. It's, I just want cool people to come on, just like broaden my horizons with what you've done and what you know. Yeah. It's the coolest thing. Well, it's funny because um, after... Steve and I broke up and I was on my own. I had a lot more free time. I was co-parenting, so I only had my child half time. Yeah. And it was like, I, I was outside of my little bubble. So for so long, I was just in the bubble of the jujitsu school. And then I was like, what do I do now with this free time? And I'm not in, yeah. I don't really have a bubble anymore. So I would start going to coffee shops and just being open. And I, like Old Rock was my spot. Nice. And hanging out with the nice. older gentlemen that would go yeah. there on a Sunday morning and hearing their stories and just like, you know, being quiet, letting them talk, yeah. you know, and just hearing their experiences and it's inspiring. And it's even just like, wow, that was the connection, the eye contact, the, mm. the storytelling, the passing on of knowledge. Yeah. It was real. I think you guys like younger people and especially yeah. people in high school now i'm like i'm sure you watched the social dilemma yeah the yeah, phones it's... like i'm fortunate i came from a younger era where i didn't have those phones and mm -hmm. we have this perceived like connection <coughs> through the phones but it's not real it's like we crave human connection touch yeah. which is hard with covid yeah, but right. eye contact is huge it's so huge mm -hmm. and you know, our anxiety or shyness or whatever mm -hmm. keeps us from searching that sort of stuff out. Yeah. And now, like, it's going to be really interesting down the line to look at human studies and stuff, yeah. what this is doing cool to, to us. Yeah. But it's like, if, if we know those things, we're social creatures and we need yeah. those social interactions, how can we seek those out? How can yeah. we still fill that need? Because, like... Without it, I mean, we saw what happened in the first quarantine, right? Isolation, yeah. no touch, no hugs, like all those, that connection. Yeah. And then the problems with the phone is we think we're connecting. We think mm. that we're seeing people. We think that we're interacting. And we're just, it was like, you know, I saw this meme and it was like, don't compare your life to the perfect version of somebody else's, right? Yeah. And it's just, well said. it's just like, yeah. yeah. It's so getting off the phones and having some human interaction really, mm -hmm. really helped me in the, in those times. And then understanding like not everything, I'm not 
best friends with these older gentlemen and yeah. they're old rock, but that doesn't mean that they don't have value and they don't have a right. story yeah. and they don't have something to pass on. Right, and just because they don't post it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean they don't have really cool experiences. Yeah, or, yeah, and it's like, it's just like history too. Mm-hmm. And it's a practice to shut up it and is. listen. <laughs> right? Is, like yeah. to sit and focus on somebody and be held like that's that same like yoga practice that connection that Mm -hmm. that presence of mind so that was super and coffee shops are still open sometimes i bring my laptop sometimes i'd bring a book sometimes i wouldn't bring anything and i know i noticed i'd get into random conversations more when i didn't bring anything you don't have your head down people are more likely to talk and now i see those guys all over the place they talk they say hi talk to me catch up they kind of keep up with what i'm doing that's awesome it's and it's funny it's like sometimes i'm with a friend they're like how do you know those guys it's like (laughs) my sunday morning coffee shop dudes you know like i got that yeah cliff does the same thing that's awesome bounces coffee shop to coffee shop chatting with people and it fills you up Especially like working from home too. It's like you work from home, you could stay isolated, you know, maybe bring your work to a coffee shop just to absorb some energy. I think I want to start implementing that into my, like, I still, because I work with the construction industry, which is weird. I know that's what I'm doing. But um, yeah, I've noticed that a lot where I've, like, that's something I want to do. And I've been searching, I'm searching for it a little bit more now. And then hearing like Cliff talk about, and like you mentioned that. And I'm like, that's something I got to do. That's something I got to do. That's a really cool idea that I got to start implementing into my, maybe not, I don't know if weekly is something that's, because I do this, like, I really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I think at least once or twice a month doing that for like hours, because I think your strategy is genius going in with no phone, no lap, nothing. And just mm-hmm. going, I need something to stimulate my brain. Yeah. And it's like, well, you don't have your phone on you, you don't have your laptops. It's got to be people. It's got to be people. It's got to be people. Yeah. So. That's and cool. also pushing that whole because you see people some are actually scared of yeah. other people you know and it's like i i just don't want that to be my norm right i also um i subscribe to Masterclass. you heard of that uh, yeah. yeah yeah so i did uh, malcolm gladwell's Masterclass. class i and, love malcolm yeah He's and so him as a writer would yeah. take his laptop into a coffee shop and just eavesdrop on people's stories and he would hear these like intimate stories and like understand different like people which would probably get added to his bank for building characters and and, and understand yeah perspective and that sort of thing and i was like oh that's really neat too because sometimes i do overhear kind of intimate things at a coffee shop but you're like wow this is an insight into somebody's life that you might not get and it's really interesting and then sometimes I work in coffee shops and I get completely distracted and I don't end up doing any work <laughs> like at I all. I need to actually get work done. And no, no. So it's a balance yeah. and that's where like headphones can come in and just kind of zone in on it. But yeah, yeah working in that environment is, I hope we stay open. <laughs> yeah, at, at least at, coffee shops. Yeah, sure. I hope we stay open at this level just for those. But also, whatever, it's just a blip, <laughs> just a blip yeah. in time. <laughs> I think if we keep healthy habits and not, you know, allow ourselves to spiral into the darkness, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it through. Yeah. There's, um, uh, going back a bit to what you were saying about, uh, well, in terms of the social dilemma, and I had a question I want to ask you about that, but when I was in South America, um, there was this guy who went to university in 
I can't remember for the life of me. Uh, his name's Joe. Um, and he was like our meet a wee, like he was a facilitator for the trip, right? He kind of led everything. And um, I remember him, he would always kind of push us to engage in conversation about technology and communication. And we were always like, okay, but it's a little off the focus of what we're here for, mm-hmm. right? And so one night I was like, hey man, like you want to always talk about this, but what's going on? And my incentive was one day I saw the first video of, of his uh, See Where Joe Goes, and he has these uh, Snapchat glasses that he wears, and he goes everywhere in South America, and he'll like, he his whole focus with it is not being on your phone doing this, but still like living in the moment, but still capturing it from like a point of view perspective. So he would like click it and it records for 10 seconds and he like pieces it together. It looks super cool. Anyways, yeah, and, and then anyways, what he uh, kind of did with it is he was kind of instilled the use social media as a tool to connect further with people. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I never quite grasped that until I started having the podcast where it's now, I don't have a, I have like maybe seven of all my guests' phone numbers. And it's, it's like, oh, I'm, I've never, I've met these people a couple times, but I've never asked them in person to do the show or we've never really talked about it. But the more I like hear from them or the more I like, I'll follow them and see, okay, like this is really cool. This person's got a cool story. I want to hear all about it. Yeah. And then send the message, use it that way. I think that way is probably the most efficient way to use social media as like a tool to connect and get a message across but Mm -hmm. there's so much information out there and i like to think most of it's positive but probably not Mm -hmm. and as much as we try to push it i'm not sure especially nowadays how do you stay positive in this social media era while still being like using the platforms well i think in that movie they talk about all the positivities of it and there are a ton of positivities in it even just down from people that i never thought i would see again in life Mm -hmm. now i can get in touch with them and see their entire lives on social media you know it's like when you travel you can like connect with somebody maybe sleep on their couch like there's tons of positive benefits plus like all of the you know, art and literature that we've been introduced to because of it. It's at the tips of our fingers. This, the phones are powerful and they're super positive. I think the negative side is, and that's what that movie like really summed it up, was understanding that our attention is the hottest commodity out there. And not giving it to them. You know, it's like use it for the positive tool that it is, but don't get sucked in mm-hmm. and don't forget to move and don't yeah. forget to live your real life. So easy to get sucked in. And it? yeah, and don't get sucked into the comparison. And as like, you know, a 40 year old woman who's built a solid foundation, mm-hmm. that's way easier for me to say than somebody who has been brought up in this world and you know especially if we've got insecurities about the way we look or act or 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 our contributions in the world you know if you you follow gary v yeah yeah. so like i feel for some of the people that he's quite like that he questioned or that has questions for him yeah because they just want everything now they want it now they want it fast i'm 21 and i started this business Uh, and why have i not blown up he responds that way too where he's like yeah like you're so young yeah it's not a sprint it's It's a marathon absolutely yeah and i think it's like okay 
maybe like the pros and cons list like what are the positive things that I get from this and what are the negative things that I get from this and having some awareness and not leaning into the negative just using it to the positive mm-hmm. and that they say it in the movie but I, I was already practicing this like turn off notifications yeah. you know like understand when you've been sucked in when you're kind of doing something mindlessly and stop doing that yeah. you know uh, as an entrepreneur like planning posts like having mm. a content plan yeah. so that I'm not just like oh because you can get sucked and be like I'm working I'm looking for content I'm working I'm trying to get inspired and then you're like are you, are you or are you just aimlessly scrolling sucked in yeah, yeah. Can, are you just consuming so I think, yeah. yeah, having time limits and stuff like that is how I try to um, push it. I just don't take my phone with me. Talking about traveling, this is funny. When I was in Australia, <laughs> I had we had uh, Microsoft Spaces. So it was like it was same with like MySpace. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Have you heard of that? I have heard of, but not so it's, for a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's like so Spaces was like Microsoft's version. Um, which is essentially like your Facebook wall. Yeah. It was a first of it. And wow. I was so I was updating so people could see what I was doing. Yeah. What I had like maybe twenty people or something, you know, looking for at my trip. Yeah. But I noticed every time this was like probably the first month, when I would go on these trips, I started taking pictures because I was gonna share them on the space, yeah. right? And I was like I'm here at like the Great Barrier Reef, you know, like looking at all these amazing things, worrying about and looking at them through this little lens and worrying about where I'm going to put them and what people are going to say later. So at that point, I put, and the the woman that I was traveling with, she was like a shutterbug. She took pictures all the time. Love it. You know, I was like, I'm just going to steal her pictures and I'm going to put my camera down and from that day from the first month I did not take a single picture of my own oh wow and I had a bunch of pictures and I've got memories stored in my brain like it's fine uh but I I just committed to experiencing it living in the moment yeah seeing it through my eyes not my eyes and then a screen and then because we had like the point and shoot cameras at that time I love point and shoot cameras oh yeah like cell phone i got a cell phone when i was over there but it was just like like old flip phone or whatever so yeah yeah, that was a big eye-opener and i remember i felt like i was i was proud of myself for seeing that recognizing it so early in and then so i was very present when i was traveling in australia and i met tons of people I remember, like, because you said that Meet a We, was that like a... Yes, uh, yeah, that was the organization we did the uh, two-week service trip with. Yeah, so I never did any of those. I probably spent more money in the long run, but I remember the first few times we were, like, hanging out, and there was a bunch of people hanging out, and we were keeping, like, you know, this experience going further, and a bunch Mm -hmm. of people would be like, oh, no, we got to get up for our bus tomorrow, because then we're going here and here. And, you know, so it's kind of like... I, I appreciated the organic, mm-hmm. you know, meetings and being able to yeah. kind of let the journey happen than booking into those trips. So I mm-hmm. didn't, but like I said, I probably spent way more money in the end because those trips are sometimes condensed yeah. and, and you see awesome things, but we just kind of let the universe <laughs> take us on all these wacky wild trips, yeah. meeting these people. And, and you. Know, I remember I realized this a, a few months in, but like, you wake up in the morning, and I'm sure you know this when you're traveling, 
and you never know like what's gonna it's happen. It's the best. You can't like, and it's you're just like, best. this yeah. is where I ended up. Like how? Because yeah. you can't what even really visualize here? it. Yeah. yeah. How did I get here? I remember oh, one so night we were hanging out at this apartment overlooking the ocean with all these like they were surf instructors and the like lifeguards yeah. from the beach that we met, and <laughs> we're like. Sick having i think it, it was it was thanksgiving and we were like having dinner with them and like drinking with them and hanging out and me and jill were just like How did we get here? <laughs> you know always staying safe yeah, staying together all those crazy. safety precautions in it but speaking there was two times on the trip where we questioned our safety so two t- well two times went so the first when we landed in australia yeah we had booked two days at a hostel in Sydney. It was, nice. called, it was called the Funk House. <laughs> and so they were supposed to have a shuttle come and pick us up at the airport. Mm-hmm. And so we were sitting there waiting. There was a bunch of confusion. We didn't have a cell phone. We were on like a pay phones, like trying to figure it out. And this man came up to us with a clipboard. Um, he didn't, like English wasn't his first language. So he was speaking through a walkie talkie in a different language. And he came up to us. And he was like, are you going to, and he said this other hostel name. And we're like, no, I, I didn't have as much self-defense skills then. And I was like, we're going to the funk house. And he said, oh, oh yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. And I was like, oh, that's not like, I just gave him the key, you know, it's like, no, they it's come like, with me. Oh no. So me and Jill are just looking at each other like, oh God, oh God, okay. So we followed him, followed him out to the parking yeah. lot, got in this white van and we're like, did we just mess up? Like, is this, like, no one will see us again? Yeah. You know, like, is this, like, that moment that is we it? made? Yeah, so then we're just sitting there, like, are we, like, you know, actively walking into a kidnap situation? We like, become very famous for the wrong reasons right yeah, now. Yeah, two oh, dumb no. Canadian girls land in Sydney, gone within 10 Early minutes. Early 20s, gone. Gone yeah. within 10 So this is all, we're, like, oh, freaking no. out, and then he dropped us off at the hostel i was like holy shit okay yes that's awesome wow the second time we were in this place called bundaberg yeah and uh they were famous for the this rum that they made because they had a bunch of sugar canes there but anyway they also had um a lot of loggerhead turtles Mm -hmm. would go there lay their hatchlings and then the hatchlings would come up so it was like a very big like you could go with um, like organized groups mm-hmm. or sometimes people talked about seeing these turtles on their yeah. own. So we were walking along the road and then there was all this like brush and then there was the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so we're walking, it's late at night. We were just, we were just like left the resort we were staying on, went there and this guy comes running through the bush and he's like, there's a bunch, there's turtles, they're laying eggs, like come. And we're just like, whoa, like, no, I don't think so. And then he's like, no, seriously, come on, come on. Oh, come no. On. Leading us in, and we're like, again, like, like, like is, are we going to get, like, murdered? Is like, this is this it? But we don't want to miss this, like, you know, nature's, uh, you know, experience. So yeah. reluctantly we went, and we're like, are we walking into doom? And then there was turtles. There. turtles. <laughs> Just like, oh, my God. Uh, Thank that's God. Funny. So, that's really funny. Uh, you know. Funny but, now. But it's yeah. like, but 
I think there's some like you know being awareness and instincts and we did kind of trust both situations but at the same time we're like oh my god is this like the wrong decision to make yeah but thankfully both turned that's, we're that's still good, alive yeah. thankfully still alive. yeah come yeah. Come, in, come down to the beach unmanned and like you know it's unarmed. like okay yeah unarmed yeah. at least there was two of us so yeah, yeah. we survived Jeez. that year <laughs> thank goodness I find when it comes to uh, the, because I like to think my motto, and I heard somebody, this guy Casey Neistat, he does like really cool, and like, this is what I aspire to do with my travel films, like this is my, I love his style of story, and I'm starting to build the skills to be able to tell it that, like, in a similar way, through like the style that he's used, where he said it once, where he's like, um, and we traveled to this place, and we had nothing planned. Because when nothing is planned, anything can happen. And I was like, "That's I was it, like, my guy." That is it. That's it. Anything like, can happen. Anything, and it's the best. Like preparation, I'm all for it when it comes to like this kind of stuff. Yeah. But with traveling, you have to like hands off the rain. Like let yeah. somebody else take the reins and just enjoy the process of it. I've been on a few trips with like, I guess they call them Type A or people who want to plan everything down to the yeah. moment and. I believe in putting some structures in place. Absolutely. Like you want to have a place to put your head, you know, you want to have a place yeah. to store your stuff. But yeah, it's like when there's the unknown, it's like anything can happen. Yeah. You can say yes to anything as well. Yeah. It's that ability to say yes. I was in Costa Rica, uh, was that last year? Um, yeah, and we got to Nosara, which is a big surf town, and I yeah. wanted to surf. And didn't know how long we were going to stay there. We just booked three days. And I posted on Instagram, um, like, just, like, a video on at the beach or whatever. And tagged Nosara in it. Genius. And uh, a surf instructor, and I thought this was so smart marketing, uh, messaged me. And he's like, want to go surfing? And I was like, yeah. Like, the, I don't know if he was the hunting reason, yeah. the, the, the hashtags or whatever. But, yeah, I was like, yes. Thank you. And so, yeah, showed up the next day, went surfing with him, um, did, like, a bunch of days, like, one-on-one lessons with him, and then he took us to different beaches or whatever, and we ended up staying probably about six days there rather than the, the original three. And, and he was a pro surfer and just like got this high quality instruction and got to travel all these beaches that, you know, a local takes you to. And I was just like, that was sweet where if oh, I would have had, you know, everything in place, I wouldn't have been able to say yes. And then oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And I really, it's maybe the yogi in me, but like <laughs> when you put intentions yeah. out there in the universe and then you just trust and yeah. let happen, things happen in your path. It was the same thing with, when yeah. I was like, I got home from Australia and I was like, I'm going to be in the fitness industry. And then, you know, a month later I meet this guy who's starting this fitness business. And then all of a sudden this opportunity presented itself. Yeah. It's just like sometimes, so back to the question about like looking for your passion, it's just like, maybe if you just understand and, and put out in the universe that you have passion mm-hmm. and you want an outlet you know, opportunities will yeah. present themselves with a bit of trust and, and opened eyes. That's the biggest one. Okay. And it sound people like, oh, like they want concrete 
you know, answers and stuff, but it doesn't work like that. Like law of attraction is something that I really subscribe to. And I've got this one woman that I listen to. Her name's Abraham Hicks and she just rocks my world. It's like, if I'm in like a down or like, you know, getting into that small mentality or anxious mentality, I'll put one of her, um, you know, podcasts on and she just like snaps me out of it. And it's like your mission is to feel good now. Like, just feel good right now. Mm-hmm. Get into a place of feeling good now. She calls it your high-flying disc. Nice. Get on your high-flying disc and build that momentum. And that is where your focus is. And that momentum builds. And then you attract certain things that, that are attracted to that yeah. momentum. Not that anxious, negative, you know, you know, mentality because if we focus on that anxiousness and negativity, that's what you're building momentum towards. Yeah. So it's like, if I focus on my lack of passion, my lack of outlet, you know, all of those negative things, what is the universe going to present to me? Right. More negativity, more lack of passion. Yeah. If I just have momentum facing a different, you know, focus, right. what's the universe going to show me? It, momentum it, focus. Yeah, the momentum, yeah. the focus, the positivity. And even if I'm wrong and I sound like a complete crazy person, I don't care because I'm on yeah. my high flying disc. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like if, if like the, the, the awesome. skeptical yeah. people want to be like Jen, she's like way up she's in the clouds. There, yeah. It's like oh God, I'd rather just it's feel like, good now yeah. than than doubt everything. It just it feels better. Mm-hmm. It feels better day to day, and that's what we're living day to day. Yeah, we're not living eight years from now or two years ago. No, no. I, I talk to younger people sometimes, and they're like, just have so many expectations yeah. of themselves and what they should have achieved by now. And like, yeah. I just like, oh God. I, I saw this one TED talk, and it was like, your 20s is to build social capital, is to try things, is to experiment, is to yeah. figure stuff out, what you like, what you don't like make mistakes make as many as possible because you're young you're able to do that you don't have like the commit the crazy commitments no unless you start to put those crazy commitments like i see younger people having babies and getting getting married and i'm just like it's like you're 24 years old yeah you're 25 do that later keep your body healthy so that's definitely something that's on the back burner for me i'm like yeah i had my daughter when i was 32 and uh, i think it was a really good timing for me and now that I co-parent, I get the best of both worlds. I mean, co-parenting is so awesome. I mean, That's you know, right, yeah. you know, the nor- nuclear together family is awesome too. But co-parenting <laughs> is like I get her half the time. So half the time I'm full on mummy mode. Yeah. The other half the time I'm back to me. Like That's I don't awesome. have her yeah. right now and I have like freedom. And it, when I used to get like a babysitter for her and like Steve and I would go out, um, your mind is always at home yeah. on your child. But now that she's with her dad, her yeah. loving, responsible dad, father, I yeah. can really shut it That's off. That's awesome, yeah. It's like, and I think Works co-parenting well. is becoming more of a concept. Like mm-hmm. two people, mature people getting together, having yeah. a baby and living separate That's lives. That's what you said though. You said mature people. That's huge. Oh, yeah. Because I know some friends of mine who they might watch or listen to this and go, dude. And I'm like, well... Two, I know two unmature people who could not pull that off. No. Be selective with the person that yeah. you're going to attach yourself to life with. That's like, 
I, I made a really great decision with the father of my child, and that has made my life so much easier. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And that's that's maturity, though, right? That is, yeah. I was 32. That's in a nutshell, I had life experience in the, in the tool shed, you know? It's mm-hmm. like I could make those decisions, and, and I also wasn't making the decision to fill a void, right? Smart. I think a lot of people do sometimes that. when we lack passion we put that passion into like parenting like people and someone else or something yeah. else yeah exactly Somewhere. and you know they're not always going to be there right <laughs> you know so it's like yeah 20 that that ted talk she was like 20s is to build that social capital and then 30s is where you start to put things into place you know right. and then you know just let your career kind of grow from there yeah. and i was like so many people putting so much pressure on themselves especially in high school high school is such a little blip i remember when i was in Mm. high school i thought it was the world i thought it was everything and everything and now even even a couple years out of high school i looked back and i was like that was just such a little blip in the grand scheme of things and it feels like everything at the time it feels like things aren't going to change or it feels like you're always going to be this way. And God, that's not true. No. It's not true. That's why I, I, when I went to Ottawa, I could like be a different person. Yeah. When you travel, you could be somebody else. It's amazing. And it's almost, uh, and I grew up in like working through, working at summer camps and then just being this outrageous theater character and like doing everything to make the children and the people around me happy and then you emit the best version of yourself when you're traveling as well i found and then it starts to get where there's not oh where's travel glenn versus in sudbury glenn it's like now it's just the same dude yeah the same person like the mind's open you're intrigued in what other people have to say you're willing to listen and not just go back and forth small talk like small talk doesn't do it for me anymore i can't yeah, no. it drives me nuts and who we are changes minutes. Like, yeah. you and I are different after this conversation. Absolutely. Our eyes have been opened to a new... Like, and that's the thing about travel is, like, when you're in your hometown and you worry so much about what everyone's going to think, say, who you are, yeah. your reputation... Exactly. You might not do things because it might reflect on that. But, you know, when you're out of town, you can screw up and just be like, peace. I'm going to go try this again. Nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. It's It's like, oh, that didn't work or that worked really well. I'm going to like replicate that the next Mm -hmm. time, you know, and it's kind of like and if we can somehow get that mentality on trying, messing up, taking the that was like jujitsu competition helped that big time oh my god that was such humble have you competed oh yeah a bunch of times yeah a bunch of times like the most humbling like wins feel amazing they're the best feeling i've also got my ass kicked in front of a lot of people losses are (laughs) way more um like character building 100 percent. you either win or you build your character yeah you either win or you learn is like what the gracies used to like preach or whatever but it's like I've learned so much from my losses and then you take a loss, you go back to the gym, you know, you got to talk about it. It's like some of the most humbling stuff, you know, that I've ever experienced. And it's like, but messing up on the mat, on the competition mat, it's like you learn so much and then you go back to the lab and you like figure it out and you make sure that you don't mess up like that again and then you go back out and you test it again and it's like such a great metaphor for life like 
the lessons that I learned the 10 years in jujitsu and Muay Thai and competing just translates everywhere mm -hmm. it just gave such and you're experiencing it now with jujitsu it's like it gives you such a great foundation it's the best, yeah so good it's like you said though i'm also like hey you, you you're a friend of mine yeah try this yeah oh, come on yeah. mats come on like you want to bring your friend. everybody yeah. with you I'm your friend you'll be like everyone will love you it's all good you'll just you'll be fine but instead like and that's what yeah. when i first started jujitsu when i first started getting into nutrition i was just like <laughs> loud and proud and i wanted to take everybody with me yeah. um but like i say this when when we because uh, like i have a wellness program that i work with a nutritionist with and it's like when you start to learn these skills you want to bring everyone with you and you want to outward focus right? right but i think outward focus is a distraction from within right why are you focusing on all your friends coming to jujitsu instead focus on your own jujitsu and yeah. then it's like leading with your presence they're gonna be like yeah. glenn walks different and talks different yeah. what is he doing what and is then this yeah what's this oh he does jujitsu and then they might be like glenn yeah, yeah. can i come with you <laughs> and those are people yeah. that will actually come Smart, i remember when yeah. i first started with steve people are talkers oh my god yeah. i'm sure you see it with jujitsu people are yeah, talkers so we'd, we'd go to like the townhouse or go out when we used to be able to go out and i would tell somebody what i was up to and they would just like talk my ear off and just be like i'm gonna come monday oh monday i'm gonna come and i'm like yes okay a new client you get yeah, all yeah, excited yeah. Yeah. i go to steve and I, i'd be like this guy said he was gonna come and like i got us a new client and he was like okay we'll see and i'm like oh you're so yeah. skeptical oh my god you're so negative and just be like so <laughs> bitching at him just be like and then monday this yeah, dude did like, not show up told you. never showed up yeah and so then that's incredible i stopped letting people corner me at parties that's funny. i said let's see oh, you man. on monday yeah. i remember steve a few times was like if you come on monday i'll buy you a case of beer like there'll be a case of beer there on monday if you come and people don't come no. <laughs> I had a back. There's this whole to wrap up like that women empowerment and then bringing like the friends to jujitsu and the Australia like one of my best friends, he uh, he trained like he works at Tuco so he knows another buddy of mine uh, who also trains here and then uh, Lucas shoved him and then he was like uh, he was telling both of us and he got credit from both of us because he was all everyone I guess they like they knew at their work was always saying like yeah I'll go I'll go train with you whatever, only my buddy Reese showed up. And he told me after because we uh, we drove there and then I guess like we had to walk back because there was it was winter and there was no spots right we came late anyways sorry and um, we showed up and um, we walk in whatever and it's packed house when we were on Lawrence Street and like it's packed house come up he he got choked out by this like three stripe white belt woman who trains at our gym and like she's a workhorse like she's really good she's an animal like like it's just she's just good. Like, there's no, it's not like, oh, she's, no, she's just, she's she just good. good. And uh, then we leave, we go back, and I think we were doing, like, I don't know what the drill was. And then it was somewhere, it's like, I think it was, uh, okay, you have to start on your back, or in the person, on the person's back, two hooks in. They have, like, a seatbelt grip, or they have a seatbelt grip or double unders, whatever they kind of decide, and then go. You guys are ready. And then I guess my buddy got, like, choked out fire like he just like refused and then we go we're walking back and i'm like dude how is that and he's like i've never felt more humbled in my life i was like what happened like i wasn't i'm do. i'm still doing my thing right i can't i'm not really focused on yours i was i knew we'd talk about it after 
And he's like, I got choked out by a girl. I was like, choked out or did, like? You, and he's like, No, no, no. Like I didn't tap, and it was tight, and I went out, and I was like, How do you feel? And he's like, I'm like, just so you know, it's not choked. It like I'm like I've gotten tapped out a bunch of times by women, a bunch of times by men. Doesn't. Yeah. I was like, it got rid of the stigma, didn't? He's like, I'm very humbled now. I'm like, and that's just day one. Yeah. I was like, it, I was like, she's gonna do that next day, and then yeah. the next day, and then for years to come. Well, also, like, it's, it's crazy. It's it's so funny that I got choked out by a girl. It's like, yeah, and I don't know this girl. I don't know her skills, yeah. but she also got put in such a great position. She was on your back. You yeah. know, it's like keeping these things into perspective, but all that guy was just like, oh, uh, he didn't think girl, about that at all. He was just girl. like, I got choked out by a girl. And I was yeah. Like, it's like, dude, she was in the best position she could be in. Can I tell you a fun yeah. uh, dating 100%. story? 100%. <laughs> Always. So that this reminds me of like getting humbling a guy but so when i was first single i started like dating i hadn't dated at all i was like did the relationship jump i was in relationships since i was 21 (laughs) and i was like oh okay like i went on a date with a younger man in his 20s and i was like i can try this out whatever and he was kind of a bit like douchey the world had not humbled him yet Uh, uh it was fine i was just out for a drink and took it very lightly and found out what I had done, or I talked about what I had done for a living, and he was, like, adamant that he could beat me up. Guys always want to talk about how they can beat me up. And I'm yeah. just like, okay, cool. And my line is always, like, yeah, he's like, maybe I can't beat you up, but you can't beat me up. Like, that's what I say, like, because I'm not going around beating guys yeah, up or like, bragging that I can beat guys yeah, up, no. but you can't beat me like, up. Just to be clear, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah, I'm not saying exactly. I'm going to beat you up, just you, you won't, won't be, be doing able to beat me up. To me. So That's anyway, awesome. he was like, like that. adamant that yeah. he could beat me up, in fact. And I was like, oh, no. just got, I was like, oh, oh, no. just finish the drink and that's it. <laughs> and then he's like, he just wouldn't shut up. Oh, and I was no. like, we were down what is it now, the alibi room, and my studio was down at the end of Durham. So I was like, well, my studio's just down the street. I'm like, why don't we go down to the studio? He's like, okay, sure. So we went to the studio, and I said, okay, let's go. Let's grapple. I love it. So we started standing up, and I think it was 30 to 45 seconds. I got his back and choked him out. Yeah. Rear naked <laughs> choke, and he was just like, then he got like, up and making all these excuses, all these excuses. <laughs> and then I'm just like, peace, get out of my. It's like, studio. all right, you're out of my studio, and if you don't bring me out, yeah, I'll was... drag you out myself. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's so funny. So funny. That's it was always so how it sweet. Like yeah. Thirty was... seconds, less than a minute. Take the back. That's, Boom. That's it. That's it's it. so it's easy when when people are no not trained. No it's idea. so easy. They have no idea. And he was around no, my size, and I'm really fit. I'm visibly yeah. fit, you yeah. know. But he still believed just just guy girl, and I'm just like, hmm, okay. Uh, and he said it the, so many times. Normally I can let it slide. Normally I can keep it cool. I was just like, let's go. Yeah, the twenty seventh time. Let's go. Yeah. Beat you up was a little just much. So arrogant. He's so the world hadn't humbled him, and I'm hoping yeah, that I humbled him. Oh, I'm <laughs> we'll sure. See. Hopefully it's not now. He just needs to pick a fight with every woman he sees yeah. now. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> oh, I bet. That's a. Uh, oh, it's. I've had a couple friends come in and try it out and it's not, and I know they like, it's a different, it's a different thing when they don't know. And then they see you and they see you talk about, like you said, they see you differently after. And there's, I'm less, I'm just 
more easy going when it comes to confrontational things or like I can avoid those because you get your aggression out on the yeah and I get put in my place yeah and I'm like oh I think I'm top shit and then I roll with like people who are a lot smaller than me or like people who have been doing it less time sometimes even and it's like ooh all right I gotta I gotta pump the brakes what's also like testosterone and hormones and and rage and anger and anything that's inside if that doesn't have an outlet especially for men for women too but if if men don't have an outlet it comes out in all sorts of really gross ways and we had guys street fighters come in and talk about their street fights all the time and then they hit the mat and they train consistently and their wives their girlfriends would be like he's a different person at home like he's just like relaxed it's like get rid of that energy here be and and you guys train like we used to train like similar to the way you guys train here like more competition style like hard rolling then when uh, i had my daughter we switched to the gracie academy it was very Mm. much self-defense focused it was a bit more chill but like i was brought up on the hard training it's and it's you know yeah it's sweaty it's It's like it's well i remember when i got my blue belt i i actually didn't get it at this seminar but i got got put through the paces so the way we used to get tested for our blue belt it was just a two hour hell session where they would just like try and make us quit and if you quit you automatically did not get it and like going through those kinds of things it was just like you, it was such an outlet, such a great outlet for all of that energy, and uh, I I love that style of training. It's yeah, fun. it's like a lot of fun. Call, you call it passionate, and and I can be a bit intense. It was like people are yeah. driven to that. People like me, people like you, are driven to that sort of 100%, stuff. Hundred yeah. percent. And then you can breathe easy. Afterwards. It's easy going. Yeah. yeah. I'm like I'll never regret going to jujitsu ever. No, I have not yet, and I won't. The thing about jujitsu, and it's also similar to yoga. You have to really suck, really suck for a while. Oh yeah. And you gotta be okay oh, with yeah. sucking. And you know, I see like athletes yeah. come in, like somebody who'd played hockey since they were a kid. Mm-hmm. They'd go, they'd suck, and they couldn't handle the suck. Right? Yeah. Your ego sometimes can't handle Especially it. Especially when you're that good, coming from something else, you yeah. think it'll translate. Yes, and it doesn't. No. And it's if if you can't suck for a while, then you're not gonna make it. Yeah, but if you, you can like look at yourself look at your ego Mm -hmm. and be okay with sucking oh god it's just like you know the fruits of your labor is just like huge yeah it's like embrace the suck (laughs) embrace the suck and it's like with jujitsu it's like when you suck you're in the shit the like the worst position yeah somebody's on top of you it's hot you feel like blood or sweat on them yeah yeah you know yeah i've had guys like drip it's gross. sweat into your mouth yeah, it's the it's worst gross. it's the worst it happens like weekly but it makes you like that plus travel and then travel with jujitsu oh, god i'm just like i embrace my my savagery now. yeah like just you have like, to oh yeah it's like it just prepares you for so yeah, much and become less of a princess for sure sleeping on mats in academies you know sleeping in the car driving overnight just yeah. to get to a seminar from what what like when i was in it um, there was no competing in Canada, let alone oh, Ontario. Yeah, so we had to right. go to the States for everything. Yeah. And we would drive down to New York for a seminar or to train at a school. Like, it was just, we were traveling everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just did it filled with 
the passion for yeah. it, right? It's like passion it. is such a good fuel. Oh, it's fun times. Yeah. <laughs> fun yeah. times for sure. COVID's kind of getting in the way of some of those times yeah. for people, but um, at least you guys, you guys still training here? Yes, yeah, sort of. Like, there's a lot of stuff we've kind of done to manage it. Way less people on the mats. You, like, stick with the same person for the for like weeks so it's like it's it's good not great right it's good because yeah. the door's open it's not great because i can't roll 10 rounds every night after an hour and a half class like i yeah. can't do that it sucks that i can't but i mean it's what we make of it and uh it seems to be it's still fun and i know if i still want rounds i can always like i have a couple buddies of mine that, that i train with here that i know of mats at their house and space on the ground so that's nice yeah we have that so you know what got me really good, like, on camera, or just not even caring about the camera, was uh, Instagram stories. Yeah? Like, the way, I'm, I'm sure you've watched yes. some of my stories, yeah, so, like, talking before. into the stories, yeah. at first I was so awkward, but it's like when you watch and analyze yourself yeah. and then correct, and I was doing it at first just for exposure, but then um, I would do interviews, like, with, like, CTV or, yeah. like, I was on CBC or whatever, and I'd leave and I'd be like, holy that was like that went really well you know it just like yeah. flowed or whatever and i was like i i credit it a lot to those instagram stories nice. plus i've just done so much public speaking with yeah teaching. So at this point it's, it's whatever. whatever you used to it yeah just like another person in the room even yeah i found um i vlogged all throughout europe like right after uh, like right after i graduated college when i uh, went for about six weeks all throughout like western and central europe um, I vlog everything with my body. Like I'd be in like the, I have videos of me vlogging inside the Monte Carlo Casino with Whoa. a Tilly hat, a graphic red T-shirt, and like board shorts and running shoes, and my like Mac bag on my back, and like gross beard because it's been five weeks of no shaving or even trimming, so it's just bad. And everyone's in like five star ties. Getting <laughs> there's like security guards in the background walking these people into the casino from their rolls royce and i'm like oh my god i'm like this is it i'm like what's up guys we're here yeah and they're like i'm just like uh so that right after doing that trip i was like all right any if i want to do a podcast let's do a video as well just a different form of connection to the to myself and you through that like the whoever watches they cannot just listen they see like the reactions on my face when you're telling a story and yours when like, I'm asking questions and kind of, like, they can see a bit more and they get more out of it, I think. Mm -hmm. So, I think video is, like, I love video. I yeah. Think it's a genius idea. I think video is, so. like, that's cool that you, yeah. like, put yourself in those situations. Because, yeah. I mean, once stuff. you do that and you survive, then you can do anything, yeah. right? Sometimes we build things up to our head, like, oh, I'm not wearing the proper clothes or I can't do this. Everyone's going to be looking at me. Yeah. And you do it anyway. I put myself in the worst possible. Yeah, but it also goes to what you said earlier about, <laughs> excuse me, not planning anything. And we, it kind of forced us to look for the coolest experiences because I'm just like, if I'm going to film and I'm going to tell a story, mm -hmm. I don't want to tell a lame story. I want to tell a bestseller. Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. Oh, we're going to do that. Oh, we get to this place. It's fenced off over the fence we go boom we nice. go up to this oh oh there's this dog we saw in serbia uh, let's take it for a day and see where we can feed oh it and God. take care of it and then bring you're living your 20s stuff, so. right that's it that's the way you got to do it building right? all that social yeah. capital you have to it's a lot of fun that's like, cool yeah and i love the word social like the term social capital i think it's like overlooked 
I think it's it's super important. Like totally. This area. Totally. It's just about doing stuff and messing yeah. up and then trying it again a different way. Exactly. That's cool. That's it. So Jen, yeah. I appreciate your time. However, is there one like message or one thing or one story you want to say that kind of like wraps it up for you for today? Just Any lit. plugs or anything? Oh, plugs. Yeah. I know all the links will be in the description and stuff. Oh so, yeah, you'll plug yeah. me. Yeah, if you want to yeah. train with me, um, you know, I train in my home studio. I like to help people feel strong in their bodies. That's it. And I love um, when someone comes in with a bunch of things that they can't do, and then I prove to them that they can. That's awesome. That's <laughs> and the then the looks on their faces when they are able to perform something that they never thought they can. Yeah. It's like so many of our limitations are up in our mind, and mm-hmm. it's just like with the proper support, it's like we know what we can do so so yeah put my put my links if anyone wants to get in touch with me and uh, yeah live in the moment live in the moment that's it awesome I really appreciate your time yeah thank thank you you so much awesome thanks guys Uh, everything of Jen's info will be below and uh, appreciate it I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with the powerful Jen Ricker if you guys want to help support the podcast and my creative project Please leave a five-star review and follow the show for every couple weeks. I try to dive in to these amazing people's lives and understand all about how they become as passionate as they are in the industries that they're currently occupying. So I really appreciate your support. Rate my show, leave a review. It really helps in the rankings. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys and have a great day and I'll see you next time.